Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know, hurtling headlong toward the end of 2022 to the beginning of 2023, and... Shout out to all the longtime listeners who have been there with us since the pre-YouTube days, as Matt likes to point out. We got our start on Apple Video Podcast, which is increasingly becoming like our album came out on 8-track. Yeah, yeah, that like iTunes. Those, uh, uh, those big car phones, remember those? Yeah, it's like that. And uh, with with this, we have once again put in some time in our continuing mission to hear about uh, the best part of the show, you and your fellow conspiracy realists. Today, we're going to talk about the ancient question regarding the effects of the moon, its gravitation, its folkloric effects on the human body and society. We're also going to encounter some questions about folklore 
in uh, Appalachia, in the southern U.S., in East Tennessee in specific. Uh, and this might be a fun one because, spoiler, some other folks have written to us via email regarding strangely similar things. I guess it's just that time. But before we do all of that, we have I have to ask a question for you guys. Have you ever heard of a man named Nicholas Rossi? No. I, I know. <laughs> no. Uh, well, good, good. Good, I want to say, but uh, we're in for a wild ride. And before we start uh, this week's listener mail segment, uh, important notice, the uh, the first third, the first act here, will contain descriptions of uh, sexual violence and as such may not be appropriate for all listeners. Here's the story. Fiona writes to us and says, this guy, beat me here, Doc, he'll say any mad shit to drag this out as long as possible. Nicholas Rossi, alleged fugitive, says he was tattooed in hospital. Heck of a headline, right? And usually when you go to hospitals, it's not to get tattoos. Those are two things we know, right, objectively. Uh, but I had not been familiar with this guy uh, before this Before this story. So thank you to Fiona. It is true. There is a man who calls himself Nicholas Rossi, who says that he was tattooed in a hospital against his will, but that is just our entry point into the story of a man named Nicholas Alaverdian, whom I assume none of us have heard of yet. No? Okay. All right. So, so Correct. Uh, this guy... For a time, he was a darling of uh, advocacy because he was in the foster care system and he was, you know, he survived. We've got a lot of people who are listening who have been in the foster care system, had a good experience or a terrifying traumatic one. We also have a lot of really, really noble uh, foster parents who are trying to help give kids a safe place to be creative and grow. Nicholas did not have that experience. Uh, in Rhode Island, he actually advocated quite publicly for changes and improvements to the foster system. However, if you search for him now, whether under his real name, Alhadverdian, or his one of his assumed names, Rossi, you'll see that he is much better known as a sex offender, U.S.-based, who attempted to fake his own death in 2020 as the heat got too close. The story that Fiona is sharing with us is a recent development with this guy. Uh, we'll go in order of operations here. We'll talk about the uh, numerous assaults, and then we'll talk about the pseudo side, again, a little word of the day, uh, and then we'll talk about how this tattoo thing became a thing. So in January of 2008 in Ohio, this person uh, offered to walk, uh, walk a Sinclair Community College student to her next class, and then he pinned her against the wall and groped her while he pleasured himself and when she tried to fight back, he said, I'm almost done. Don't be a B word. Uh, and then later he apologized and said he couldn't help it. 
because she was so beautiful. She, he said, don't tell anybody. She naturally made a police report uh, because that is a monstrous action. Uh, later, same year, he is uh, convicted under a different name of public indecency and sexual imposition for that incident. He's required to register as a sex offender. Uh, he tries to get a retrial. doesn't go through because the judge reviewing it was pretty sure that the legal process had been conducted as it should be. Uh, he then, in 2013, tried to sue multiple people, saying that he was deprived of a jury trial. He also sued his victim and wrote an essay called My Personal 9-11. Jesus. When he compared her actions, which were essentially resisting sexual assault, uh, to the actions of terrorists on September 11th. Uh, 2010, uh, he pleads no contest to domestic assault, where he is uh, caught red-handed in media arrest by police uh, abusing a woman, another woman. In 2010, he uh, November 2010, he gets married. Uh, his then wife says she's divorcing him and has a restraining order. 2015, he marries a second time. Second wife divorces him due to uh, gross neglect of duty and extreme cruelty. Uh, and then he also threatened her with a blade, with a knife of some sort. In 2020, he fakes his death, not because of uh, all of his rampant uh, abuse and misogyny, but because he learns the FBI is investigating him for fraud. A lot of this comes from a great regional outfit, the Providence Journal. They report this in 2021. His former foster mother, Sharon Lane, says that this guy, Nicholas Alaverdian, opened 22 separate credit cards under her husband's name. And by 2019, he had moved to Ireland because he was hoping that this would get him further away from the jurisdiction of the FBI. But nobody was really sure where he was going. Um, in 2017, something starts happening in Utah. They start processing a backlog of untested sexual assault kits. One of them, from 2008, matches Nicholas Alaverdian's DNA. And it's from that investigation into the 2008 Ohio assault. So people are looking for this guy. When he fakes his death, he tries to lay groundwork in the front. He says he had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma, terrible condition. He also said that he, <laughs> he also made it public in the media. Like he called and told the Providence Journal himself that they had to publish something about his illness. Then he had someone claiming to be his widow calling to say that he had died and giving copies of a death certificate or something like that. Uh, this doesn't hold water. Eventually, people start asking questions about what happened to him. And so December of last year, he gets arrested at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. That's in Glasgow, Scotland, regarding that 2008 sexual assault. And he got arrested, you guys, because he was getting treatment for COVID-19 under a third name, Arthur Knight. Not super creative, like Arthur and the Knights of the Roundtable. Arthur yeah. Knight. 
And he was identified by, ding, ding, observations of his tattoos, which matched police records for this Rossi character. Furthermore, scarring on one, uh, one of his tattoos suggested that he had attempted to remove them, but not a professional laser job, like an old school cut. Scraping cut a layer base. of skin mm-hmm. off, basically. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's rough. Yeah. And probably stopped because that hurts a great deal. Uh, so he gets, he gets caught. Uh, he has a bail hearing remotely. These are high-level details. And they grant him bail because they think this guy's got COVID. He's going to be in the hospital for weeks. The day after he makes bail, he skips the hospital. He tries to go via a private taxi, and he tries to source oxygen. I know. And, and so, uh, so he's in court, and he starts making these, I don't want to call them ludicrous because he hasn't been convicted, but he starts making these um, difficult-to-believe claims. They say, look, your DNA matches. And he says, it wasn't me a la Shaggy from that song. And then they say, okay, well, you've got these distinctive tattoos on both of your arms. One of them's a red cross above an angel wing. Not a lot of people have that. So we're pretty sure it's you. And then this guy has the temerity to say, throughout the 18 days, I was comatose. I did not have free will over my body. I've never had tattoos prior to being in a hospital. Uh, he, he also says, he has other people connecting him with these tattoos, pre-hospital stay. And then he said, uh, during his waking moments, there were many, many people in the ward. There was water contamination. Uh, and then the sheriff stopped him and said, stop drifting off topic. And you guys, during this, during this conversation, during this hearing, his accent switches. Posh received British, we'll call it, uh, maybe a U.S. accent. He says it's because he's oxygen deprived. I want to stop there. I want to stop there. Don't want to monologue. I No, not at all. This is a really fascinating story. I just want to say there was an article that you posted from the BBC mm-hmm. uh, where the, one of the headers was accent switched. <laughs> yes. And I was like, is this a, like, what's the word? Like a euphemism? No, it is not. No. No, he uh, he did say that he did say that due to oxygen deprivation, he was, you know, he blamed it on something else. He didn't say that he was losing control of of his uh, of his lies. Uh, also pulled an older uh, Providence Journal report from February of 2011 where he talks about the horrors of the foster system. So the guy definitely likes the spotlight, right? Uh, But there is a clear pattern, at least if, uh, you know, the prosecutors and the victims are to be believed of him victimizing women. It says he, so you, we mentioned two marriages or three? He had, so this part, it's a good question, Matt. This part's a little unclear to me as well. Uh, it's tough because we might not know the full extent. The guy has gone under no less than 10 or 11 different names right now. Wow. Yeah. So there may be, there may be other people out there who got married to this predator, Uh, but it was, it was at least to, we don't know very much at all about the person claiming to be the widow who would have also been in the U S my question starts to become, how did this guy get across the Atlantic, right? 
how, how did he do it while being the subject of a federal level investigation for fraud? I couldn't possibly tell you. I mean, aren't you on watch lists for much less, <laughs> for much lesser offenses? I mean, I've been detained for having the wrong color suitcase. You know, I mean, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, uh, this doesn't make sense. No, agreed. It seems, um, it seems like this, these defenses aren't going to hold water, but it's also, it's strange because there are a lot of gaps here. There are a lot of questions. How did this guy get along, get along and away with being a predator for so long? Again, has not been convicted as we record this. So I do want to be careful with that language. But the other question is, how did he have the resources to do this? Was it uh, income from the, the various frauds he enacted? If that's the case, then how was, I mean, he almost certainly wasn't using those cards, right? Because the FBI already popped them for that one. I'm just wondering whether this guy has any connections, whether he is a lone actor. I'm not sure at this point. How confident would you say, Ben, are authorities that this person well, is it Arthur Knight who was the one in the who was comatose, who it's had the tattoos? The yeah. yeah, yeah. How confident are they that it, this is the guy? They are extremely confident. The DNA is a match. Okay. Uh, he also is. He also got hit with two further allegations. This just happened today, as we record on November 9th. He was facing two more allegations of sexual assault as he continues to fight extradition in the United States. Uh, this goes across different uh, state boundaries. Let's see. Uh, the Daily Mirror is saying he sexually assaulted a 21-year-old woman in Utah, but then you'll see other places saying that's in Ohio. This is still a developing story. And it's, it's definitely something heavy, but I want to thank Fiona for alerting us to this. Uh, and then also opening the door for an unpleasant but necessary conversation. How many other people are slipping through the cracks like this? How many other people make it out beyond jurisdiction, right? And manage to dodge Interpol long enough to continue Do their some crimes. damage. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, think, just think about the documents alone that you would need to pull off all the stuff that this person has pulled off. Like, you can't just go by a name for a lot of purposes. You got to have something, right? Oh, they also have his fingerprints. Mm. Like the, the typical ways you would think of confirming an individual's identity, they got them. Uh, why then would somebody, okay, first off, is it possible to do ornamental tattoos like this when someone's put under, I guess so with the right anesthetic, well, sure, but why, <laughs> but why, why would you I do mean, that? It may to initially somebody. Well, yes, that, but also <laughs> that's got to be his narrative, right? It, it's so funny. And this is unrelated kind of, but initially when I heard this headline, Ben, I, I think of uh, the kinds of tattoos that the Nazis gave Jews in concentration camps, like what now in hospital we get as a wristband or like a, you know, tag of some kind used to be done or like, you know, the way you think of like uh, in stranger things where like the characters who have been uh, experimented on have these tattoos with their like code or like, you know, inmate name. That's what I think of when I think of like, I was given tattoos in hospital. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, there is a current wife in the picture. Uh, her name is Miranda Knight. 
And uh, she and her husband have started a PR business to fund his uh, battle against extradition. Again, this is an ongoing story. Uh, We're going to keep this one short. Thank you very much, fellow conspiracy realist Fiona. Let us know if you are aware of similar stories of people like this, uh, predators, con artists, so on. We're going to keep our ears to the ground on this one. We'll update as there is more to come. Uh, But in the meantime, we're going to pause and we'll return with another message from your fellow listeners. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was boarded. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. 
This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And we are going to hear a voicemail left by someone calling themselves Plactos. Hey guys, y'all can call me Plactos. Um, I just got done listening to the first part of the things that uh, creep around in the night episode and made me think there's a lot of old timers here in East Tennessee who, um, and I got to admit, it's wore off of me a little bit too. They're scared to death of, uh, a creature that sounds awful similar to haunts. Um, you won't hear anybody say it around here. Uh, and I know a lot, lot, lot of people who place, you know, bowls of rice or, uh, brooms at their doors because they're supposedly, a, you know, they feel compelled to stop and count things. Uh, but they're legitimately concerned about them, you know, showing up and, doing evil things, we'll leave it at that. But I know Ben had talked about having some ties to the East Tennessee area, and I was just curious if, you know, I'd, I'd be very interested to hear any tales of the old-timers you knew, Ben. Uh, love the show, and can't wait for the next episode to come out. See y'all. Okay. Direct yes. Question. Thank you, Plactos. It's really, really good stuff. I, you know, we like those episodes where we get to talk about folklore and, you know, so the supernatural side of the planet, right? Um, ben, I wanted to ask you, Plactos mentions haunts, which I thought I kind of knew, but I didn't understand Ooh. the difference between, I guess, a haunt and a, what, what I would pronounce, haint, H-A-I-N-T. Is that the same thing? That's what uh, that's what Plactos is referring to. Yeah, hints, okay. Okay. H-A-I-N-T. This could be considered, most often it's considered an angry evil spirit or a spirit that has been turned to, uh, turned toward anger. So there may be a sense of vengeance, right? An unjust death. Uh, it can also be, you know, honestly, man, kind of similar to an aswang, uh, mm-hmm. It can be a um, an undefinable thing, but uh, Plactos, uh, this message made my day because it's something that's easy to laugh at if you uh, if you have not you know been in that environment or that community and experienced this stuff directly. You know, history is much closer than it appears in the rearview mirror. There are uh, tons of folkloric vestiges right, of ancient cultures. And I think a lot of people, I don't want to put anyone in a box here <laughs> before their time, but I think a lot of people forget that the U.S. South, the Southeast in particular, is a tremendous mixing pot of global cultures over hundreds and hundreds, well, thousands of years, really, because uh, the folks who were here 
before uh, Europeans, they also had this panoply of cultures that are different and distinct and have some overlaps. And all of this combined, uh, this reminds me of like um, one example is Haint Blue. Have you guys heard of that? You may have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Sherwin Williams color of Haint Blue. It's a specific color that is supposed to confuse any spirit or wandering spirit like this uh, with the ocean. So you see this blue, especially if it's painted uh, on the exterior of a house, like on the porch, like mm-hmm. up, um, I guess above the porch, if you imagine like a covered porch, that's very common. Uh, fascinating stuff to actually have, you know, a major paint company have this as as one of their colors that's mentioned. So yeah. I want to just really quickly, I want to jump to haints.org, H-A-I-N-T-S.org. Uh, and they mentioned that, I uh, just found what you're talking about, Ben, uh, haints and haunts. It's kind of interchangeable. It's, uh, it was originally haint, and it comes from Ooh. the Gullah Geechee people. If right. you uh, think about in Georgia, uh, the, some of the barrier islands over there, like near Savannah, Georgia, uh, some of the some of the groups of people who were brought to this country had that as a belief that carried over then uh, into the U.S. Um, they are saying it is often a wandering spirit, uh, often described as, in Hoodoo belief it is, uh, as a similar way, someone who is quote seeking to chase victims to their death by exhaustion. Which is a terrifying concept. Well, it makes me think of like The Grudge, you know, like that movie The Grudge where there's like a malevolent spirit that is just messing with you until you lose your mind. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I want to I want to talk about that. The protections that you're getting into there with that blue color, Ben. So what our caller is referring to is uh, two methods of protecting one's home from these things. Right. That there's that blue. And then the other one is uh, leaving rice, a bowl of rice by the door and or a broom by the door. And I have found in a couple of places, specifically on this website called keithdotson.com, references to exactly how to protect yourself. And one of them is these counting tricks. Uh, Right, distractions. Have you heard that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like putting, uh, like in the old days, they used to uh, put newspaper on the walls. The idea being that this would also distract the spirit as it would be compelled to, uh, to read this stuff or, you know, compelled to count the grains of rice, right? It's not the same as in some East Asian folklore where, you know, like the festival of hungry ghosts, mm-hmm. where you appease a spirit by ceremonially feeding it. Uh, in this case, um, there are, there are some other analogs in global folklore with the idea that you throw out, you know, dried beans or something like that. And the creature has to stop and count them, uh, which gives one enough time to escape. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. That's really cool. They're, they're saying it would give you enough time basically until daybreak. Cause then mm-hmm. at least according to the folklore, these things can't uh, attack when it's not nighttime. Well, also with the, the Roma people, um, there's a community of them that, that lives in my hometown or near my hometown in Augusta, Georgia, and they'll build these communities and they'll build these houses and then they'll cover the windows in tinfoil um, for a period of time because they feel as though they're using that to exercise any malevolent spirits. And it's not the same as counting, but I would argue that the tinfoil has in some way a deflecting power, perhaps, in their minds. I feel like that would trap them inside. Yeah, I would too. I would too, Matt, but you know, that's, that's what they do. There's also salt. 
you know, that's pretty common in a lot of circles. Yeah. yeah. But one thing, uh, Plactos, that, that you mentioned that I think people should take seriously, as strange as it may seem to outsiders, is that folks who believe in this aren't going to, like you said, they're not going to say it. You know, one of the colloquialisms for this is the idea of speaking something up, right? The idea that by mentioning it, one makes it more manifest in this world. And um, without, you know, without going too deep into my own thing, I don't want to put anybody to sleep. Uh, yeah, I like you, Plactos, I grew up in an environment where there were, um, there were older people um, who were quite convinced about this. There's religious syncretism all across the U.S. South. And what I mean by that is that people might say, oh, I am a Christian or, oh, I am, you know, insert modern religion here. Uh, but you will see a lot of things like root work. Uh, you will see a lot of things like you alluded to, Matt, hoodoo practices. Uh, and they're, they're simply accepted as part of, um, as, as part of a spiritual system. And I, I would say also in their defense, even those of us hearing this who consider themselves to be very skeptical, please do remember that these ancient beliefs, which go back to the African continent, which go back uh, to uh, pre-Columbus days, those ancient beliefs are also the sources of information for a lot of medicines that have saved lives. There's, you can't throw the whole thing out, you know, and as we always say in this show, we don't tell people what to believe, but I would just say if you're a stranger in a strange land and somebody tells you to watch out for something, even if you think it's just some Twilight Zone Halloween stuff, listen to them. Well advised. Yes, indeed. If, if you are worried about a haunt, another couple things you could do, plant some bottle trees, <laughs> uh, find some bottle trees, plant them. You know, yeah. Okay. I'm impressed, Matt. I'm impressed. These bottle trees are another thing that comes from the African continent. Again, that's one of the reasons that it's wrapped up in some of the folklore. But these haunts or haints are supposed to be caught in these things, similar to how they get distracted with the broom or the rice. They just get physically caught in these trees. And then again, morning comes, and like a vampire, whoosh, they're gone. Bye-bye. Uh, this is really interesting stuff. I just never heard of it. And I'd love to put a call out to anybody else listening. If you, if you're willing to talk about these kinds of things, as Ben said, sometimes it's not what you're kind of supposed to do is talk about it. Uh, we would love to hear your story. If you don't mind it, maybe typing it out won't, uh, be as bad. I don't know. Do you think guys I think typing it is the same as speaking it? I think it is. Yes, oh, okay. you're speaking it with your mind into practice, kind of, I think. In, wor in the world of uh, magic, thought is an action. Okay. All right. Well, do what you got to do. On. Roll the Put dice. Salt. <laughs> Come on, Put folks. some salt around <laughs> you and then send us an email. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So do write in. Give us a call. However you contact us. Let's take a break. Hear a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. 
my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with one final missive from RC. I'm only saying RC because this individual did not give permission to use their name. So I'm just trying to be as thoughtful as possible. Here we go. My wife is a public service worker, PSW. I think that's what that stands for. It's like someone that is works in a hospice or like cares for 
someone in need um, and works with the night shift at an old folks home. She tells me that when it's a full moon, the residents' moods change. They become aggressive, restless, and unmanageable. Every time there's a full moon, she dreads going into work, knowing that it's going to be a show, her words. I think it's weird how the moon can affect a person's emotions and or actions. Also, my mother has always referred to a woman's menstrual cycle as getting her moon time. I'm not too sure why. That's the end of the email. Um, these are very real things. <laughs> the moon it controls the tides. It literally determines how the tides, you know, go in and out, magnetically speaking. So why wouldn't it be something that affects us bodily? We know that magnetic fields can affect us mentally and physically. Um, I think it's no surprise that the, the, the cycles of the moon affect, you know, our bodies, whether you're a woman, a woman menstruating or whether you're a man. I mean, where do you think uh, myths like werewolves come from? The idea of on the full moon, everyone goes crazy. You know, the werewolf myth is sort of a way of explaining that. Yeah. The, uh, the thing here is that there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. Uh, you will also find studies that appear to shoot holes in these experiences, but I think it's very important to note that these studies often, by their nature, kind of attenuate their scope or narrow their scope such that they are not uh, as they they are not looking at things as broadly as someone who would be continually in that world like you are RC. I remember one study that came out around the sixties. Oh, okay, no, this is another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are multiple. Uh, one specifically about whether or not the full moon influences or agitates rather nursing home residents, and they said that they didn't see as much agitation. But one thing they're not accounting for in this in this study from '89 is the idea of people struggling with dementia or Alzheimer's, which absolutely changes the game here. For sure. And we know about things like circadian rhythm. And Matt, I see you chomping in the bit to say something, and I'm just going to pass it right to you. I was going to talk about the full moon slash eclipse that just happened on election night, mm -hmm. which yeah. if you yeah. want to talk about influencing things, huh? what a night so to have a mm -hmm. full moon and an eclipse. That's all. <laughs> so mote be, bro. Uh, do you know what, it, what type of eclipse it was, guys? It has a I very specific name. I know, but I don't want to spoil it. Is that a blood moon situation? No. It is, but it's it a is. specific type of blood moon. <laughs> Sorry, Give this came up in conversation earlier. No, uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It was called and is called, according to most places that I've seen, a beaver blood moon. Oh God! Mm -hmm. Sorry, I heard myself echo through your headphones when I said that. That's just funny. Okay, I, okay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna put my childish ways behind me why is it called a beaver blood moon it's any full moon during the month of november is a beaver moon uh also believe the full moon in november at least in this language the idea of calling it a beaver moon is that beavers are working continuously to build themselves dams for the winter how cute uh, the symbolic representation for people who, who follow a spiritual side of it is that the uh, blood moon or the beaver blood moon in particular represents, you'll love this, Matt, with the election uh, 
uh, connection, uh, quote, represents a time when people come to terms with information that could change their lives. And that comes from a Vice article. Wow. And then you have things like, like, like the Harvest Moon, and there's lots of different, you know, mm-hmm. folkloric uh, names for cycles of the moon. Hey, wait, 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 Noel, do you know what an August full moon is? Tell me. It's a sturgeon moon. Isn't that exciting? Like a fish? Like the, <laughs> yeah. like the fish? Yep. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that, Matt, because that actually leads right into what I was about to say. There's a study uh, from 2016. No, sorry, 2006, the lunar cycle effects on human and animal behavior and physiology. And I read the abstract. I, I didn't pay the, <laughs> the money to read the whole thing. But um, it's very interesting. They, they talk about specifically fish uh, uh, reproduction cycles in terms of ovulation and like creating these like giant like, you know, sacks of eggs or whatever. Um, the lunar cycle may affect hormonal changes early in phylogenesis in fish, the lunar clock influences reproduction and involves the hypothalamus pituitary gondol axis. In birds, the daily variations in melatonin and uh, cor- corticosterone disappear during full moon cycles. Wonder what's that? What that's about? The lunar cycle also affects uh, laboratory rats with regards to taste sensitivity and the ultra structure of pineal gland cells. And if anybody knows anything about the pineal gland, that is a gland that contains uh, that thing that we always talk about. The Illuminati wants right. What's that stuff? The adrenal glands. Adrenochrome isn't that in the pineal gland? The pineal gland is considered a kind of psychedelic gland. It's like the third eye. The pineal gland is what, like, in discussing psychedelic experiences, the pineal gland they say is a very important gland. Um, But here's the last line in the abstract. Although the exact mechanism of the moon's influence on humans and animals awaits further exploration, knowledge of this kind of biorhythm may be helpful in. This is you're gonna love this, Matt. In police surveillance, <laughs> medical practice, and investigations involving laboratory animals, they really just did a mic drop with police surveillance. Where'd that come from? That came out of nowhere. What does that have to do with? I mean, no, I know what it has to do with the idea that people act worse in full moon nights. Like, oh, it's a full moon, Shit's gonna get crazy tonight. You know? I still believe, and I will posit this forever, that it just has to do with more light. There is more light in general at night when there's a full moon. It's easier to see things. It's easier to move around and get things done if you're planning on getting something done. No, it doesn't matter what it is. And there's more reason to go out, I think. All right. Fair. That's fair. Um, Geez, I don't really have a whole lot else to add to this. Um, I I thank uh, RC very much for bringing this to mind. And by the way, do you guys have opinions? I haven't Googled this specifically or like researched this, but I think it is pretty commonly accepted that the moon cycle does affect menstruation. In the, in a, I mean, the, and also the idea of women living together, they're, they cycle up with the each cycle other. Sink. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, couple things like I one thing I think is really interesting uh, about your comment Matt is there's a great experiment that happened in Japan where they found uh, turning street lights blue actually decreased incidents of violence uh, we can't escape the fact that the majority of higher order organisms on the planet grew up or evolved under the 
gravitational cycle of the moon, right? There's a reason it moves the oceans. We know that, to your point, Noel, the science and uh, lore behind menstrual cycles and the moon, they might be their own sort of, um, they might be their own uh, episode because a lot of scientific studies will try to rebuke this hypothesis and they'll say they found no proof that the menstrual cycle is affected by the uh, by the position on uh, movements of the moon, but the general public is still fascinated by this idea. And I just, I think without research, to be respectful, we can't make a conclusive statement about that until we have read everything as well. Because we Agreed. have to be very conscious we're three dudes. Well, I think we're conjecturing here. This is the kind of stuff that has a lot of roots in lore, uh, in folklore, and in magic, you know, with a CK. You know, the idea of like doing rituals based around the full moon and the the idea of werewolves being triggered by the full moon. I mean, it is something that has fascinated, um, you know, us culturally for a very, very long time. And I think usually when that's the case, there's some, like with a lot of conspiracy theories, grain of truth to it scientifically, even if we can't fully explain it and wrap our heads around it. Well, there's always the one, there's always the one fact that escapes a lot of people whenever they talk about the influence of the moon on living things. And that's simply this. Humans do not fully understand gravity here in the modern day. So Correct. without understanding something, how do you begin to understand its effects? It's a tough eclipse, you know, it's a tall, tall ghostly milkshake. It's a tall, ghostly drink of water. I love it. No, it's true. Um, but that's what we do here on the show is, is talk about these kinds of things and talk about the science and what is out there and available and kind of bridge that gap between the mystical and the explainable. So thank you, RC, um, for that email. I thought it was a very interesting thing to think about. And with that, we are not saying goodbye. We're saying au revoir. We'll see you soon. Uh, au revoir is French for see you later, right? Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, that landed. Uh, We can't wait for you to be part of the conversation. Thanks to everyone who takes the time to write to us, to call us, to summon us via their... via your inter uh, interface of choice. Uh, shout out also to Bridget over in Italy, who said uh, she enjoys listening to the show uh, because it, like so many other people say, helps her get to sleep. So <laughs> if you want to take a page uh, from our fellow conspiracy realists, we'd love for you to join us. We try to be easy to find online. Well, first of all, if you want to find us online, you can buy our book on oh, audible.com yes. where you can hear us lull you to sleep uh, in chapter form. Matt, Ben, and myself all read various chapters from the audiobook version of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, which you can also buy as a delightful coffee table book version that you can gift to your friends or, as Ben, you'll say, uh, give it to your enemies. You know? I like to say that. Yeah. I like to say if you don't like the book, give it to your enemies. Everybody wins. That'll show them. Or just give it to all your friends for, you know, holidays. Because they're right yeah, now. The hol- they're happening right now. It's true. And outside of that, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on uh, YouTube. And you can find us on Facebook at Conspiracy Stuff on Instagram or Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you like to talk on the phone, call one eight three three stdwytk It's a voicemail system. When you get through, leave a message. You got three minutes. Give yourself a cool name. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. 
let us know if we can use your name and voice on one of these listener mail episodes. Do, as a practice, please put that number in your phone as a contact. So if you get a call back from it, you'll know it's from an actual person and not some, you know, cold call uh, spammer or something like that. If you don't like using your phone or talking on it, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.